Take your Bibles and please turn to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4. Now there's a line that we're going to read in here. And I want us to just give it particular focus. You know, sometimes we wonder, does the Bible work, you know, while we're, you know, reading, etc. You're, you're, you're going to see, you're going to understand the Bible comes to life this morning. Every person in this room this morning will be found in what we're about to read. But there's a, there's, there's a line. A sower went forth to sow. Every time you read your Bible, the sower goes forth to sow. Every time. Let's pray and we'll explain. Heavenly Father, your will be done now, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. So, Mark chapter 4, let's begin verse 1. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship, and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony soil, stony ground, where it had not much earth, And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have sown, excuse me, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. 
And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. You know, to some of us, this is a familiar passage. But you know, there's a place, there's a place that my wife and I love to go camping. We've gone, we've been going there over 20 years now. Every time I go there, it does me good. Every time I go there, I learn a little bit more about that place and I recognize, you know, what it does. I, I love it. It's there. And Lord willing, this summer, we'll be back. A year ago, like I said, my heart decided, I'm going to try and kill you. Praise God it didn't. But I went to the doctor. And the doctor said, you've got a problem. I didn't like going to the doctor. But I went, got it taken care of, and it was a good thing because I'm still here. Listen, every time we go into the Word of God, there is something God has for us. Are you listening? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So here's the situation. What do we wind up reading? Well, when it comes to the soil, we saw that there's four. There's wayside, there's stony, there's thorns, but then there's good ground. We're going to look again into the Word. And when we do, every heart will respond to one of these four. See, I found out a year ago my heart wasn't in good shape. Every time we open the Word of God and we read the Word of God, we find out what kind of shape our heart is in. Now, we got the meal this morning. I'm going to give you something that after the, light, the night you had last night sleeping, uh, you got to have this. I'm going to give you a shorter message especially after I preached for an hour last Sunday. Besides y'all hungry, you're thinking about the food over there. But would you do this? Would you listen? See, there are four ways, four ways the Word of God is dealt with every time we hear it, every time we read it. I read a story about a man who was in the army in World War II, he was a Christian. And they were in a situation where they were taking part of the liberation 
of the prisoners there at Dachau. He said he couldn't believe it. These are his words. A buddy and I were assigned to a boxcar. Inside were human corpses stacked in neat rows, exactly like firewood. The Germans, ever meticulous, had planned out the rows, alternating the heads and the feet, accommodating the different sizes and shapes of the bodies. Our job was like moving furniture. We would pick up each body and carry it to a designated area. Some fellows couldn't do this. They stood by a barbed wire fence, retching. I couldn't believe it the first time we came across a person in the pile that was still alive. But it was true. Incredibly, some of the corpses weren't corpses. They were human beings. We yelled for doctors, and they went to work on those survivors right away. I spent two hours in that boxcar. Two hours that for me included every known emotion. Rage, shame, pity, revulsion. Every negative emotion, I should say. They came in waves. All except rage. It just fueled our work. It kept growing. After we had taken the few survivors to a makeshift clinic, we turned our attention to the Nazis, the SS officers in charge of Dachau. Our captain asked for a volunteer to escort a group of a dozen SS officers to the interrogation center. And a guy named Chuck, his hand shot right up. Chuck claimed to have worked for Al Capone before the war, and not one of us doubted it. Well, Chuck grabbed his machine gun and prodded the group of SS prisoners down the trail. They walked ahead of him with their hands locked behind their heads and their elbows sticking out either side. A few minutes after, they disappeared into the trees. We heard the rattling of a machine gun, three long bursts. Soon, Chuck came strolling back, smoke still curling from the tip of his weapon. Oh, they all tried to run away, he said. It was that day I felt God called me to preach, to be a pastor. First, there was the horror of the corpses in the boxcar. I could not absorb such a scene. I did not even know that such an absolute evil existed. But when I saw it, I knew beyond a doubt that I'd spend my life serving whatever opposed such evil, serving God. Then came the Chuck incident. I had a nauseating fear that the captain might call upon me to escort the next group of SS guards, and even a more dreadful fear that if he did, I might do the same thing that Chuck did. The beast that was in those guards was also in me. The beast within those guards, the beast that was in Chuck, it was in me as well. Now listen, when we go to this passage, we speak a lot about the gospel and how people respond to the gospel. And it's true. Every time you give the gospel, People respond a certain way. We had a plumber 
out here on Friday. Got to talking to him. Turns out he's a Christian. In fact, I was hoping, Sean, if you're watching, praise God, next Sunday we want to see you. But turns out he's a Christian and works for Bonnie Plumbing. And uh, I was hoping, again, to see him today, but we had a great time talking, talking about the Word and such. It was wonderful. But there are times you wind up talking to somebody. They're not interested in hearing. They're not. Not everybody is like Jason, who walked up to me that one Sunday morning here and says, how do you get saved? Oh, that's rough for a preacher to deal with. You know, that's kind of tough. But praise God. But here's the thing. Jeremiah tells us, the Lord tells us through Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked to the point of who can know it. That's our heart. That's our fleshly heart. Now, praise God, for many of us, there was a time we trusted Christ. The the soil was good. We recognized what we needed. We trusted Christ. But now listen, that soil can change. I don't know what it is. I love dirt. I do. I don't know what they're getting ready to build over here. But they brought in some dirt, they've dung some up, and they've got tractor, tra- a couple of tractors like I used to have. You remember the one that was over here, the Massey that I owned years ago, or I didn't own it, I use it. But yeah, I used to do just this right here. I don't know what it is about dirt when it's fresh cut. The smell, the feel of it, how you can work with it, I just love it. But you know as well as I do that if dirt sits, it hardens. It grows weeds. It's not good for a whole lot right there until it's worked again. Now, for instance, this morning, listen, when we came in, you've got to ask yourself, is my heart prepared to hear the word? Why? Because the sower has gone forth to sow. Not me. The Holy Spirit, who takes the Word and brings it to our hearts. The sower has gone forth to sow. Jesus knows every heart. Back again in Jeremiah 17, verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, and according to the fruit of his doing. So I want you to notice three things this morning, and then we'll be done. Number one, I want you to see the sower's plan. Look at verse 14, would you? Very simple. Verse 14. The sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. He's got a plan. This is not just a walk in the park. He's taking something with him that can do something, do what he desires, do what is needed. The fruit that he is desiring doesn't begin until he sows the word. But again, understand, every time you open your Bible, when you opened your Bible this morning to read it, if you did, the sower went forth to sow. When you read your Bible this last week, the sower 
went forth to sow. Do you, under, do you understand? This is the seed of the Word of God. Every time we meditate on it, we read it. You can hear the Lord, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. That is a simple truth, but it has worked in your heart every day of your life. As you meditate on God's Word, as you hear God's Word, when you recognize this, that our God is busy, we have to stop and we just have to concentrate and meditate on this. God is seeking to do something in my life. Are you listening? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Number one, the sower has a plan. Sower went forth to sow. All right? Secondly, the seed's potential. Every seed that was sown by the sower had the potential to produce much seed. You sow a squash, and guess what? You wind up with a plant. You wind up with the fruit of it, and it's got more seeds. It's the same thing with corn. It's the same thing with wheat. You sow it, and it brings forth fruit. It brings forth more seeds. And by the way, it is worth looking at in this respect. Every time a seed is sown and it brings forth fruit, it changes the soil. Just stop and think about that. When it comes to Jesus Christ and what the Lord does in us, we find this. Number one, sanctification. In other words, we become more like Him. Philippians 1.11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. Not only do we find sanctification being set apart, but we find spirituality. In other words, we behave more like Him. A very familiar passage, Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. We begin, we begin to have His character. So that's the sower's plan. And that's the seed's potential. You sow the seed, there can be something wonderful take place. But I want you to see number three, the soil's problem. The soil's problem. See, not all soil is the same. You know, it's amazing what can take place. You can have two young people grow up in the same household. One, they follow the Lord. The other, they reject it. You can have Cain, and you can have Abel. You can have Esau, you can have Jacob. Not all hearts are the same. Now, we already have those accounts in our Bibles. Does it count? Now, now hear me out, please. Does it count how we respond to God's Word? Amen? Are we going to give account one day for that? Are we? Are we going to give account for this morning? 
The sower has gone forth to sow. Oh, come on, preacher, keep it. No, 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 no. This is important. Sometimes we get stuck in high gear. We just fly right through. We don't stop and meditate and take account. That's why Paul challenged the people in Corinth, hey, prove your own selves, whether you be in the faith. What do you mean, Paul? Man, you've heard, I've heard you preach so much. No, no, no. You don't understand. What'd you do with it? What is the fruit? Think about the soils that were mentioned here. There's the hard soil. These, they're, uh, look at verse 15. These are they by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they heard it, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Do you realize that Satan is busy right now, and according to the law of averages, already what has been preached from the word has been snatched away by the wicked one, even with God's people, they just know it all. I've I've read this passage many times. There's nothing left for me to to learn here. See, Satan does a great job. I'm going to be talking about his work a little bit tonight when we're in 2 Corinthians. He has plans that he makes to keep people from smelling like Christ. What in the world do you mean by that? Come tonight and I'll tell you. But, see, we wind up getting hardened. The, the, the heart hasn't been made tender. We haven't broken up the fallow ground. We haven't done the rippers like on these. You know, I, I, I loved it where you could take that and just, man, just break up that ground and it was so workable. It was so good. There's the hardened soil. Sometimes sin will have that do it happen to us. Sometimes it's a situation where we wind up getting callous. Because time and again, we've said no to the will of God. Now, last week, we were challenged with this. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I found myself having to stop several times this last week and going, wait, Lord, am I making sure I'm I'm doing your will? There were times I had to adjust what I was doing because I just started, you know, You're going off in a direction. It's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Then there's the stony soil. Look at verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Ah, preacher, good message. That spoke to my heart. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. And have no root in themselves. And so endear, but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Hey, I didn't buy into this. At first it was, why, this is what I need. Do you realize how well Judas Iscariot did when it came to his attitude while he was with the disciples? He was so trusted, they made him the treasurer. And when Jesus said, one of you shall betray me, they did not say, oh yeah, we know exactly, we know exactly who it is. No, they had no idea. Is it I? 
It's amazing what can take place in the human heart when it comes to deception. Satan is a master at helping us do just that. The word comes in. I mean, my soul. Listen, listen to this. Listen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, doesn't that grip your heart? And how many people have heard that verse? And it's like, that's wonderful. I've had people tell me that. That's wonderful. And then later on, nope, not for me. They're offended. One thing or another has kept them from embracing it. It started to spring. Then there was difficulty that came in and that just withered. Nope, no more. They didn't like it when Jesus said this. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. <laughs> that sounds a whole lot different than John 3.16. Yeah, but it's the same Jesus. Same one. And then there's the thorny soil. Look at verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Some of you have heard this story, but some of you haven't. I remember when I was still in construction, it started a church over in Walnut Creek, and it was a great time. It, it was wonderful. There was um, there was a, a young lady. She was 26 years old, had gotten saved, and she had a she, she was just so much wanting us to pray for her husband. You know, just for, I, I want to see him saved. And finally, I forget how many months later he got saved, and I mean he got saved. And then something happened. You see, in preaching the Word of God, you wind up dealing with separation. Separating from the, from the world. And oh, by the way, anybody that desires to pull you back into the world, of course, they usually separate from you. But if they don't, if they just keep wooing you, say, you know what? <laughs> Again, this world is not my home. All of a sudden, she realized, you know something? I might be losing some friends that I really like. I mean, I'm glad to have Jesus as my Savior, but, but you know, I, I don't, I'll never forget being over at her house. It was myself, my boss, and the pastor, my pastor. We're dealing with this couple because she was threatening to leave her husband and what God had done in his life when he trusted Christ. And she's the one that prayed that we would, that, that, you know, we'd, we'd pray that we would, that he would be saved. It's amazing how the thorns can come up and they can choke. You know, we have to consider that. We have to hear 
the whole counsel of God. If any man will follow me, let him take up his cross. You know, when we think of cross, maybe we think of something like that up there or something that people, you know, wear around their neck. Not them. They're thinking of that hideous looking thing that's outside the gate there in Jerusalem. They have seen bodies hanging from there. Take up his cross? Take up my cross? But that's what happens. When people start listening, and wait wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. Yes, we did. Because he bought us with a price. He bought us. The seed of the gospel cannot survive to produce fruit and a heart filled with other things. That's why we looked at the Scripture. When it comes to what we wind up dealing with there in 1 John chapter 2, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But praise God, there's a fourth soil. Verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. Don't get hung up in the numbers right now. Just understand this. Every heart, every heart is one of these four. Each and every one of us, this morning, in time past, and in the time to come, each and every one of us will respond in light of one of these four. If we're careless, Satan snatches it. If we're false in our desire for what God wants to do in our lives, it'll go for a little while, but then something comes along and destroys it. Or there's the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Because really, when it comes to what we've seen, this is all we know. But the things that are seen are temporal, the Bible says. The things that are not seen I go to prepare a place for you. That's what matters. Right now, there are people that are in a panic because what they thought they would possess is being taken away. And I'm not talking about simple possessions. I'm talking about liberty. I'm talking about the good days. And all of a sudden they're recognizing there are people with nefarious attitudes or nefarious designs on our lives right now. Well, we, we, we've got to have a, I know, we've got to have a better election. No, we need to have God have a better grasp on us. And that comes from what is in the soil of our hearts. Listen, there are a lot of causes going on right now. People are getting wrapped up 
in all kinds of things. I believe this. I don't believe that. Well, I'm going after this. Well, I'm not going to, you know. And we get through and we get in all that. It doesn't matter. What matters is what happens when you open your Bible and letting the Bible interpret itself get into your heart. That's what matters. The sower sows the Word. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit has done this morning. What is your heart doing with the Word of God right now? Let's pray.